Let's open our Bibles to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. John chapter 14, we are going to read from verse 1 to verse 6. John chapter 14, from verse 1 to verse 6. Before I read, I want to give us a test. Amen? John chapter 14, verses 1 to 6. But before I read, I want to give us a test. And I hope somebody will pass my test. So we started looking at the topic, the promises of God. Maybe about four or five weeks ago. And we, we detailed nine principles about the promise of God. Amen? Amen. Nine, because we said, when we start looking at the individual uh, promises, all those principles, they do what? They apply to them. So, there's no need knowing the individual promise without knowing the principles that apply. Well, thank God all our, all our messages are online. If you want to go back uh, Christ Chapel on YouTube, they're going to see all the previous messages. The title is simply The Promises of God. But I want to ask us today, I know some of us are already going to look at our notes because, we've, <laughs> because you know the question I'm going to ask. So what are those principles that we discuss concerning the, 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 the promises of God? What was the number one principle we discussed? The promises, the promises are for all. That is very important. You cannot say this promise is for him, it's not for me. I believe that we, we took that from where? From the book of Acts. Right? The promises are for all. Acts chapter what? Verse 37. Is it 36 or 37? 39. Okay. The promises are for all. And that's very important. That's a foundational uh, principle as far as these promises are concerned. So that is number one. Number two, what, what other promise? You can say it in any other. But that number one was very important. Yes. What other principle do you want to bring out? The promise is a word. The promise is a word. That means when you are looking for the promise of God, where do you look for it? In the word of God, in the Bible. The promise is a word. So don't just say, oh, the pastor said, then he prayed, then God answered him. Then because pastor said, no, 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 no. You go and look for that promise in the Bible and stand upon it and say, Father, your word says so and so. It's your promise unto me. I stand upon it and it will answer you in Jesus' name. Amen. The promise is a word. Yes, number three. The promise is in him. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And we looked at that particular verse in so many translations. And it tells us that everything that God is, everything that God promised, he put in one man. And who is that man? And so that one man lives in who? That's why the Bible says Christ in me. Christ in me, the hope of glory. So if Christ is in me, every promise of God that is fulfilled in Christ is in who? It's in me. So I only need to appropriate it and I begin to move forward. The next one, Sister Lara, you've said enough. Number four. Yes? What's the next uh, principle? I, I said you've said enough. You want to stand up and raise up your hand? The promises are obtained by faith. The promises, okay, that's the next uh, book reader. Okay, the promise, but when we said, okay, the promises are obtained by faith. That's right. And when we said they are obtained by faith, faith in? Faith in God. 
faith in God. Now the Bible says, faith cometh by and hearing by. So when you uh, appropriate the word of God, then you can, I mean, that faith can work for you. And then you can begin to move in it. And if that faith will avail for you today in Jesus' name. So number five. The, pro the promises are holy. Okay. The promises are holy. They are holy promises. And because the promises are holy, the Bible says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And says, God forbid. So you cannot be living in sin and say, oh, but Father, your word says, the two don't go hand in hand. Because the promises are holy. Okay, number six. His promises never fail. Very important. God, there's a song we normally sing that says, Jesus never fails. Jesus never fails. May let you down, but Jesus never fails. Brethren, his promises never fail. His word is yea and yea and amen. Divine fulfillment. That's number six, right? Number seven. His promises are for a time. The vision is for an appointed time. Though he tarry, do what? Wait for it. It shall come to pass. His promises are for a time. And then the Bible goes on in Psalm 102 verse 13. It says what? Thou shall arise and have mercy upon Zion. For the time to favor her, the set time, is when? Now. It's, now. it's now. You know that our hymn, the hymn we sang. I love that hymn. That's the hymn we are going to sing on the date of on the day of uh, uh, divine visitation, Barry Healing Crusade. I love that hymn. Every now and then in that verse, you will see now, now, now. When do you want your blessing? Now. Very important. When do you want the promises to be fulfilled in your life? Now. Now. The promises. Okay. What's the next one? The Holy Spirit is the spirit of promise. Like I always say, those of us that know little about uh, 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 biology, in the cell, there is something called a mitochondrion. Mm -hmm. Right? The mitochondrion is the powerhouse of the cell. That's where the energy function resides in. Yes, the Holy Spirit is the powerhouse of the Godhead. Hallelujah. So, the promises of God, I mean, the Holy Spirit is the one that will ensure that these promises will come to pass in our lives. That's why this dispensation is, is glorious. It's the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. And you know what is here today? Amen. Because there are some promises that will, that will be brought to pass in somebody's life today in Jesus' name. Amen. So what's next? We've said it's precious, right? Yes. So there is one that has about four things. That has about four things. Exactly. When we are talking about how we obtain it. Aha. Uh -huh. Faith, endurance, uh -huh. patience, being fully persuaded. You must be fully persuaded. There is no room for doubting Thomas. There is no room for you to doubt. So those are the principles and they are very important. And why did we go back all those? Because today we want to start discussing individual promises. And the first promise, and probably actually the only one I'm going to discuss today, is the promise of a place. The promise of what? A place. And that's why I said we should open the book of John chapter 14. 
verses 1 to 6. John 4, it says, let not your heart be troubled. God is talking to someone there. Amen. Let not your heart be troubled. Either it is COVID-19, COVID-18, or COVID-20. Let not your heart be troubled. He said, you believe in God. Believe also in me. In me. And who is that me? In Jesus Christ. Verse 2. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Tell somebody, that is me. That is me. He said he's going, he has gone to prepare a place for you, for me, for us. We will all be there in Jesus' name. Amen. See, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Verse 4. And whither I go, you know, and the way, you know. Verse 5. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. How can we know the way? And he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Brethren, one of the most important statements in the Bible, if not the most important statement, is that verse. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't say, I am a way. He didn't say, I am one way and there are other ways. What did he say? I am the way. And he says, no man. Brethren, what does no man mean? No man means no man. No one. No man, no woman. No person can come unto the Father. But by who? Very, very important. No matter how philosophical Confucius is, Confucius cannot... In fact, look at the name. The name is Confucius. What does that tell you? Confucian. Tells you Confucian. And that's what some people are following. That's why it cannot even lead them to, to God. No matter how uh, rooted a person is in what they call a canker. In what they call the grail message. Do you know one thing? All of those, uh, uh, what do you call them? I don't call them cults or groups. All of them have a reference to who? To Jesus. They will call him the light. They will call him the holy one. They call him so many things. But Jesus said, no man cometh unto the Father. But by who? By very simple. Very straightforward. We will get there in Jesus' name. Amen. There is a physical place. You know, we are talking about the promise of a place. There is a physical place. There is a spiritual place. In Exodus chapter 1, Exodus chapter 1, verses 15 to 17, Exodus 1, 15 to 17, the Bible tells us of the Hebrew midwives. These Hebrew midwives, it said, we, are, we are told that the name of one was Shifra, the name of the other was Pua. And the king of Egypt told them, when you do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew woman, and see them upon stools. If it be a son, you, should, you shall do what? Kill him. If it be a daughter, then she shall leave. But the midwives feared God. They did what? That's what made the difference. They feared God. The king said, this is what I want you to do. But they said, you know like Joseph said, in the house of Potiphar, when Mrs. Potiphar came to Joseph and said, come and sleep, sleep with me. Joseph said, how can I do this evil? And do what? And sin against God. These midwives feared God 
and did not do what the king commanded them, but saved the man child alive. Now look at verse 20 of that Exodus chapter 1. Therefore, God dealt well with the midwives. God will deal well with you. Amen. I said, God will deal well with you. Amen. And the people multiplied and worked very mighty. And look at verse 21. And it came to pass, because the midwives feared God, that he made them houses. He made them what? Brethren, a house is a house. True or false? If you fear God, that's a message for someone here today. God will make you houses. Amen. You know what it means when God makes you houses? That is, it's not just that you have one house and you are waiting for the equity for the building to multiply by two. It says God will make you houses. There is something called investment property. There are some men that have ten houses. I mean, the Bible says God made them what? Is it in your Bible? Yes, sir. Did he say God made them a house? He no. said God made them houses. I see men and women in this assembly that God wants to make houses. Amen. God will make you houses. Amen. When, you have, when you have 10, you are just starting. Amen. Some people's faith does not carry that. Amen. When you have 20, you are just starting. Amen. Brethren, God has spoken. He said in this assembly, he will raise millionaires. Amen. How many people want to be among them? I was discussing with my brother yesterday, my senior brother. We were talking, having a discussion, and I told him, I said, look, the, one of the sure ways in the whole wide world, from ancient up to now, is what? It's true landed property. And that is true. You have a lot of money. Do you know what? Apart from your own, the house you live in, if you buy another house and you use it for rental, because of that single house, you can buy another house. Do you know that? It's very simple. The only issue is just to start. And somebody will say, oh, tenants are bad. Everyone here has been a tenant. Were you bad as a tenant? And if you were bad as a tenant, then I can see why you are afraid of, of owning properties. Oh, yes. Because what you sow is what? Unless you come for deliverance. <laughs> but if you were not bad as a tenant... How come God has given you the wherewithal to buy another house for investment? And you start saying, oh, you know what? Tenants are not good. And now you are limiting yourself. And by limiting yourself, you are limiting the work that God wants to do. Because you are refusing, you are rejecting the blessing of God. God is talking to someone this morning or this afternoon. The Bible says God made them houses. He wants to make you houses. The best form of employment is what? What is the best form of employment? That is the Spirit of God talking to, through my sister. The best form of employment is self-employment. If you have maybe 20 houses, are you going to beg any boss that, uh, please, so I want to stay? Are you? I talk to me. It doesn't necessarily mean because you have 20 houses, then you will sit down and say, I'm not doing anything again. Those that have 100, they don't have two heads. Are you with me this morning? Yes, sir. Because they feared God. God made them houses. So my question to you, very simple this afternoon. Do you fear God? Yes. That's very important. Do you fear God? 
Because if you fear God, you will obey the voice of God. You will do the will of God. And it is God himself that will bring, I mean, good properties across your path. And you begin to flourish. Amen. Somebody here will flourish. Amen. I said somebody here will flourish. So, there is a promise of a place. And I said there is a physical, there is a spiritual. In verse 2 of that passage, it says, In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Brethren, there is a place that Jesus is preparing for you. Do you know, there are some people that God has started preparing the place for them, that they, but they won't, they won't make it. They have started. But because they have not adhered to the principles that will take them to that home, at the last point, they will lose it. You will not lose it in Jesus' name. Amen. I said you will not lose it in Jesus' name. Amen. When that client, when, when we get there on the last day, you will not be found wanting in Jesus' name. Amen. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. There's no limitation, brethren. The general of Asia said, he said one day God opened his eyes to see his mansion in heaven. He said it was very big. But as big as it was, they were still adding rooms to it. He said, Lord, uh, will a man sleep in more than one room? And he said he was told that everyone you lead to Christ will have a room in your mansion. Some people will be lonely in heaven though, if they make it. You better prepare not to be a lonely person in heaven. Because when people are visiting me, don't say, is he the only one there? How to get a brethren? You need to impact lives for God. But before you can do that, your own life needs to be what? Given unto him. In my father's house, I money mentioned. Yes, a good. There was something happened in the church that I was not happy about. Not, I was still in uh, Padakot. I saw some things that I was not happy about. And God saw my heart. And he gave me a revelation. And I saw my place in heaven. It was very small at that point in time. But I know now it's much, 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 much. It's bigger. It's more expensive. So that it can accommodate. When you visit me, you will have your own mansion too. Amen. So that when you visit me, it can accommodate you. Amen. I hope you will make it. Ask your neighbor, I hope you will make it. We all make it in Jesus' name. In my father's house are many mansions. There is a place that God has promised us. There is a place that God has promised you. There is a place that God has promised me. That place is called heaven. What do we know about heaven? What do we know about heaven? Isaiah chapter 66 verse 1. Isaiah 66 verse 1. It says, Thus said the Lord, Heaven is my throne, and the earth is what? My footstool. Heaven is my throne, and the earth is his footstool. Now when you go to uh, Matthew chapter 5 verse 34, Matthew 5 verse 34, the Bible says, But I say unto you, Swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is what? It is God's throne. So we know that heaven is God's throne. He dwells there. He does what? He dwells there. He dwells there. And there's something the Bible tells us about our Father. 
who is in heaven. Our father, your father, my father, who dwells where? Who dwells in heaven? Number one, he is perfect. He is what? He is perfect. Your father who dwells in heaven is perfect. My father who dwells in heaven is what? When your journey on earth is ended, you are going to meet him. And our Father in heaven is not in the ministry of adding black and white to create what? When you black, add black and white, what do you get? you get? He's not in that ministry at all. It's either black or it is what? White. It's either you are hot or you are cold. That's what the Bible says. In Matthew chapter 5 verse 48. Matthew 5 48. The Bible says, Be ye therefore perfect. Even as your father, which is in heaven, is what? God is perfect. And he expects us to be perfect. Tell somebody you must be perfect. You, you are perfect because God in you. Remember? Christ in you, the hope of glory. And the Bible says it's not by power, it's not by mind. But by my spirit, it says a lot of us. He expects perfection in us. From us because he is our father. Our, our father who is in heaven, number two, is a rewarder. Is what? A rewarder. You know, do you know that it's impossible for God to owe you? Is somebody with me this afternoon? God does not owe you anything. Because when you give him $10, what does he give you back in returns? He multiplies it. Hundred folds. The Bible says unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we are able to think or ask according to the power that worketh in us. When you serve him, do you know that God serves you? And he serves you beyond your expectation. He's the only father that can be commanded by his children. Is that not so? The only father. He said, concerning the work of my hand. Do what? Command. command ye me. Our God is the only father whose children can command him. Our God is a rewarder. In Matthew chapter 6 verse 1. Matthew 6 1. He says, take heed that you do not your arms before them to be seen of them. Otherwise you have no reward of your father which is in heaven. So when your when when your when your arms when the things you are when you're giving is a public display, you've received your reward. But our God is a rewarder. He sees in secret and he rewards openly. He will reward you in Jesus' name. Amen. I say, he will reward you in Jesus' name. Amen. I remember one of my brothers. I've shared this with us before. He went to see his dad. His father is my father's senior brother. He went to see his father in his old age, and the father welcomed him and said, Ah. As you are taking good care of me, your children will take care of you. And my brother began to cry. He said his father was cursing him. Why am I saying this? Because when we say our God is a rewarder, if you don't so, you cannot reap. I hope you know that. He rewards for what you have done. Like that songwriter said, what have you done for him lately? If he wants to reward you today, what does he have to reward? That's very important. He is a rewarder. But he only rewards 
services rendered. What have you done for him? Or are you, brother, give me? You know, brother, give me? Brother, give me when it comes to the place of prayer. Before you say on your mark, set, he has started. Father, give me this, give me this, give me this, give me this, and give me this. You are a good God. In Jesus' name, amen. That brother, give me. Sister, give me. All we know is to ask God for this, for that, for that. What are we giving to him? And I say, what are we giving to you? I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about service. I'm talking about worship. I'm talking about adoration. Can I ask you a simple question this afternoon? Do you love God? Do you love God? You see, only our children are sure that they love God. The adults are not sure. I will ask you again. Do you love God? Yes, sir. Your worship, your service should show that you love God. Our Father in heaven, that's the third point on that, is a giver of good things. Is what? A giver of good things. He gives good things. He gives, he gives good things. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. He said, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your father? Which is in heaven. Give good things to them that ask him. That's why the Bible says, ask and what? You shall receive. Our father is a giver of good things. That's why the Bible says, every good and perfect gift is from who? From above. From our father. Who he gives liberally and he does what? He upbraided not. Just ask him. Our father in heaven is a giver of good gifts. Number four, our Father in heaven will one day accept or reject your testimony. He will one day do what? Accept or reject your, te your, your, your testimony. In Matthew chapter 10, Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 and 33, Matthew 10, 32, 33. The Bible says, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men. You see, look at it. Some of us, it's not only are we not confessing him before men, we are doing what? We are denying him. He said, Whosoever shall deny me, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. You know what that means? If you continue to deny him, we are talking about the promise of a place. A place called heaven. If you continue to deny him, it means there's no place for you in heaven. It means on that day when you knock on the door and say, who is there? And say, oh, I am so and so. He said, depart from me, for I know you not. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Our Father in heaven will one day accept or reject your testimony. And it depends on what you do. When was the last person you told somebody Jesus loves you? When was the last person you shared a tract with somebody? Ah, when there was no coronavirus, you didn't share a tract. How much more now that you, you, you want to give somebody a tract, the person will say, number one, your nose is not covered, your hand is not gloved, your, say, you want to pass the thing to me? Now you have an excuse. Abby? 
Even in the time of Corona, some of us gave out strats. And like I was sharing at the first service, thank God, they said last yesterday, they recorded the lowest daily uh, COVID whatever infection in Ontario. Is it 21? 121. God is good. Amen. If you continue to go lower in Jesus' name, Amen. so your excuse is gone. Your excuse is what? Tell somebody Jesus loves you. I give us an assignment this week. Every day of this week, find somebody to tell what? Just one person. You can do more than one. Just one person per day. And I will ask for your report card next week. Just one person. Say, bro, I just want to tell you, Jesus loves you. That's all. Yes, my brother, Jesus loves you. He has started his own assignment. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. If you deny him, he said he will deny you. Finally, talking about uh, our Father in Heaven, our Father in Heaven will forgive if you forgive. We, we discussed this uh, briefly in our Sunday school today. Is that not so? If you don't forgive, God will not forgive you. It's not a cause. If you don't forgive, if you don't have a heart of forgiveness, you are not going to ever know. The Bible says, well, we are yet sinners. What happened? Christ died for us. He died. Not that they cut his hand. Not that they just whipped him. He did what? He died for you and I. When we were yet sinners, what has that person done for you that you cannot forgive? When Jesus was dying on the cross, what did he say? He said, Father, forgive them. For they don't know what they do. The person that has offended you does not know what he's doing. So do what? Forgive. forgive him. Forgive her. No matter how detailed it is, have the mind of Christ. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Learn to forgive. Because our Heavenly Father forgives. But he will only do so if we do what? If we forgive. If we refuse to forgive. He cannot. As I round up, Jeremiah 32 verse 17. Jeremiah 32 verse 17. Jeremiah 32 verse 17. Jeremiah was speaking. He said, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretch out arm, and there is nothing. Tell somebody nothing. Nothing too hard for thee. There is nothing too hard for God. Do you want to make heaven? Yes. Do you want to make heaven? Yes. It's, not, it's not difficult for God. Are you finding it difficult to forgive that person? It's not difficult for God. There is a promise of a place. And that place is called heaven. And that's where your heavenly father and my heavenly father dwells. And he has prepared it for you and I. Like they tell us. They say heaven is a prepared place. For what? For a prepared people. Part of your preparation is our coming together this afternoon. To talk about the love of Jesus. And the Lord is. I mean the Bible makes us understand. There is nothing too hard. For this God. There is nothing too hard for him. 
He has created the place for you. Not just for him. The question is, do you want to make it? <laughs>